Welcome, fellow traveler. You are now listening to the Tent Theology Podcast. Each week, we have a tent talk where we pursue the renewing of the Christian social and political imagination. Welcome back to another episode of Tent Theology, a podcast that is renewing the Christian and social and political imagination. And you've been listening to me talk a lot about what I think is bad and has gone wrong. But as you know, there is so much more than just complaining and shouting uh, from the outside. There is also renewing good things and building good things. And as you know, we've been talking a lot with Chris and Sean about, well, how do you talk about this stuff? How do you actually disagree with other people without breaking relationships? How do you build uh, strong families or networks or churches or any other group which has room to disagree and to agree Christianly or in any way humanly with each other? How do we do this? And when Chris and Sean were asking me these questions, I have to say one of my first thoughts was to my friend Shay Martins-Allen. And Shay runs, well, she's a musician. She's a singer. She's uh, getting a whole lot of buzz in the industry, as they say, and I'm sure she will tell us where to go to find out some of that buzz. But the reason I wanted to talk to her wasn't so much that she's a singer, but that she runs a secret Facebook group that I'm a part of. And we are going to call it the post fact support group. (laughs) The post fact support group is the name that we're going to call it for this podcast. That isn't its real name. But what Shay has done is she's curated and managed to find a space on Facebook, which is famously a toxic and terrible place for having political discussions. She has managed to curate and find this space, which I've never encountered in any other format. There are people in this group who violently disagree with each other, who occupy conversational spaces on all ends of the spectrum, atheists, communists, Marxists, Christians, gay, straight, uh, feminists, anti-feminists, black, white, Chinese, Muslim. It's a a full mix. In fact, the mix on the Facebook page probably reflects what it's like to walk down a London city street. And Shay is from London. So listeners, you have been hearing my accent. And Americans, you might think that my accent is British. Let me tell you, you're about to hear an actual London British accent. Shay Martins-Allen, thank you for coming on to Tent Theology. Please give us a bit of your London accent for the listener. (laughs) I've never felt so much pressure to speak. It's (laughs) It's a no-fail situation. All you have to do is say, right, governor. To be honest, when I actually, when I go to Washington, D.C., because my best friend is American, and in D.C., I go and see her all the time in New York and D.C. In New York, no one bats an eyelid about my um, accent at all. No. In Washington, my God, every shop I go into, full-on Spanish Inquisition. And actually, African-Americans are worse because I'm black. They cannot understand that there's a British accent coming out of another black person. It's just... Oh, really? <laughs> It's literally like my mind just goes, what? What is happening? (laughs) So, yeah, and Washington, I've had some funny encounters. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Shay, I want to hear all about your uh, amazing life. Now, let let me see. Did I get your creds right? You're you're a singer. You're with Clap and Thunder. You're you're half of the duo, Clap and Thunder, but you also do stuff solo. I do. Which we're going to play at the end. 
You're an educator. You run an education business. Is that right? Yeah. So we run a, my husband and I run a tuition business. We have a strange uh, educational setup in the UK, i.e. we have private schools, but you have to do an exam to get into a lot of these top paying schools. We basically help children pass the exam. Okay. And is it is it history or politics? What's your main focus? History and politics, A level to my seventeen year olds who are just doing their A levels to get into university, and then we tutor ten year olds to help those kids do the eleven plus for their exams. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can tell from your post. Now, I also let the listener in to how we make the the sausages here on this podcast. You and I have never spoken in person before. You are one of the very rare people I can say I've become friends with solely over Facebook. It's true. I actually, I'm trying to think of the first post that we might have met on. I'm pretty sure. You... I remember. Do you want to, do you want to, why don't you tell, do you remember what, how we met? I don't remember. Can you please tell me? <laughs> it has a bearing on this podcast as okay. well, because you posted something about MAGA hats at Bethel. Do you remember? It's true. I did. <laughs> Can we hear your side of the story? Is this ringing any bells? Because this is relevant to listeners of this podcast. They will know about oh, this. Well, the thing was, I used to go to HGB. Okay, which for our non-British listeners is Holy Trinity Brompton Church. And it's quite a famous one in London, in Knightsbridge. And at one point when I was there, they were having a, a really great relationship with Bethel. They loved them. And I think they brought them over quite a few times to do worship stuff. And as a singer, I have to say, their music is outstanding there is something in the music I don't know what it is but it honestly and it's not and it's weird because I'm a massive voices person normally I'm really attracted to like singers like a Tony Braxton or an Anita Baker or Luther Vandross that's kind of voice I like and I found so bizarre about them is that I didn't actually like any of their voices thought they're a bit weak but the music I was just completely spellbound by it anyway so HGB had a love in with them and un- <laughs> unfortunately, during the 2016 election around that time, most sane people were becoming more and more disgusted with Trump. But Bethel, the woman, I think there's, it's, a, it's Brian and uh, Benny Johnson. Benny Johnson, put, they, I think both of them put up a post about where to find Trump in the Bible. And this post just kicked off because at this point, HTB had invited them to come and speak. And there are quite a few HGB beers like myself who went, hang on, are you going to bring this, these people who just said that they found Trump, pussy grabbing Trump in the bar? Are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you serious? So, <laughs> this is a lot of Facebook activity where I was trying to find out, like, have you heard of this church where there's loads of Trump supporters here and say they can find Trump in the Bible? Yeah, so then I was I was seriously disturbed. I'd had I'd had a lot of Christian friends who'd gone there to do their worship course or to go for a year to do that thing, uh, with a few mixed responses. Uh, one of my friends really hated it, and one of them really loved it. So it was a bit like anything, but yeah. I see. I remember. So I had been living there. Listeners to this podcast know that I had lived there for a year while my wife studied on that ministry course. And I was there during Trump again. I was there during the rise, during his election campaign and during his, when he won. Uh, I was there when one of the people you mentioned stood on the stage and defended the pussy grabbing uh, comment from the main stage. But also I remember it was your, your comment was something about, oh, you better wear a MAGA hat if you are at Bethel, because that's the way they roll, I think you said. Yeah. And I just 
I don't know, we must have had a friend of a friend because uh, yeah. I, I didn't know you. But anyway, I, and I just said, well, it's not quite that simple because I was thinking in my mind, I'm not trying to defend the undefensible. Like I'm not defending the leaders that like Trump, but I happen to know there were a number of people who in that environment on the payroll who were desperately not pro-Trump. Yeah. And I was trying to like slightly fly their flag a little bit gosh I remember that conversation really well now and you really like made me think and I and then I remember that there was a black guy in their worship group yeah who suddenly just disappeared just left and, yeah and when I looked it up I realized that he was a Bernie Sanders supporter right right just couldn't take the heat <laughs> and there's some other friends there and there's a friend of mine named Golibe Omanaka who's also going to appear on this podcast who who has his own podcast by the way called of, of saints and sorrow and he talks about his experience being a black british man on the staff at bethel during the wow August. and he's not a trump supporter so you know there's a lot uh, this is he was the kind of people i was thinking i was like oh no they're not all maga people nah, good for you Unfor unfortunately the maga people have doubled down and are prominent and that's that's yeah. a problem yeah. which we discuss in this podcast but that was how we started, which is so super relevant. But what I noticed, Shay, about that conversation was, well, it's so rare that one gets involved in a Facebook conversation where people listen to each other and admit that they're wrong. And mm. you admitted you were wrong. <laughs> and that was amazing to me. And then, and, and we weren't fighting. There wasn't a fight at all. It wasn't a fighty thing. And I, I didn't blow up at you because I wasn't going to die on the hill of defending Bethel but you you were like oh right yeah maybe I haven't seen that in its full light and I was like wow okay this is interesting and then you invited me to this support for the post fact support group tell us about the post fact support group well this is honestly this group has taken up so much of my time but I love it it's like my baby uh so it basically started when quite a few of us uh, some of my close friends we were becoming more and more disillusioned with what was happening around us. It started with Brexit in 2016, and then it was finished by Trump. So 2016 was a terrible year for people. Do you remember the good old days when 2016 was the worst it could get? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, bliss. No. So we formed this group, I think it only started with about seven of us, where basically we could just dump. Okay, so I just, I was sick of putting them on my putting these posts on my normal Facebook page. So I thought people were getting overloaded. They didn't want to see me complaining all the time. So I thought I need to create a separate group where I could just dump things like, oh, can you believe this? Oh, can you believe this? With other like-minded people to try and get through this period of time. And it grew and grew with lots of other people who were disillusioned by Brexit, disillusioned by Trump, thinking, what can we do? Where do we go from here? But of course, just those two things alone are not enough to keep everyone together. So obviously we then started talking about other topics. So uh, drugs, abortion, uh, climate change, uh, how we view the economy. And on those issues, there, was a lot more diff there were a lot more differences. So we ended up having actually really good debates. There were some people in the group who were more left-leaning so there have been more left-leaning people but there were also people on there who were very socially conservative and there were people who were center-right as well who disagreed and that was great we had like a good core group of them also who could fight their corner so we had these amazing debates and it just grew and grew and it was going really well and then I decided uh, it was me and another girl called Caroline who kind of were the admins of the group because we started it and then we decided to experiment we thought okay we've been in our 
comfort zone for a while. Let's mm-hmm. bring in a few people who we know we disagree with. And now, you we deliberately <laughs> broke the bu- the comfort bubble. We deliberately. Okay. Broke. Now that had perhaps we did put boundaries around that. We said okay. we're not ready. Trump supporters, it's a no. That was our one barrier. We like, and we can't. We just can't at the moment. But Brexit supporters, we can, because there are some very there are some better reasons to support Brexit. I would still say there are no good reasons. We're going to get it on record that Shay <laughs> says there are good reasons for Brexit. Uh, there are some yeah, it's a different category than a Trumpy kind of thing. There's some logical yeah. arguments I can engage with. I still think they're wrong, but there are exactly. some things I can talk to them about. So we brought some of them in. It was explosive. There were people who were upset. <laughs> But it was worth it. And we've had some people go in and out of the group. I've had to moderate some huge rows um, as well. But I've always tried to be kind of take the middle pragmatic approach. And normally I end up telling both parties off and saying, look, you are a bit out of line here. We don't make personal attacks. You're a bit out of line here. Look, I don't, I often say, I end up saying, look, I don't agree with this person either, but they're staying in the group because they haven't crossed any personal lines so what are the lines now i'm thinking i i'm actually explicitly thinking i would like to see this kind of group happen more often i would like to see it happen more often so give us some practical tips what are the lines so you the lines are if you want to be a participant in these groups what i my number one rule is i have learned from this group when to bow out okay you don't want to get to a point where you're having an argument or a Facebook debate with someone and you're getting more and more and more stressed about it. You can feel your blood pressure rising. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to know when to stop. And it has been one a great life lesson for me because I can now just duck out. If I've had enough, I just go, that's it, I've had enough. Now. I'm not doing this today. And sometimes I've decided I really want to engage. So we've recently been having a, a transgender debate yeah, about J.K. Rowling, about and, yeah. Rowling, and I've decided. I decided on that one. I was gonna. I'm gonna keep going. You were um, feeling chippy. <laughs> I was feeling chippy. I'm like, no. I think she does have some good points. But I have learned from my friends who were very, very pro trans rights. I've learned so much from them in terms of the way that they said that they were not happy with what she said. I still have. I still hold on to my point of view that I think she has made some good points about where trans rights and women's rights can clash that's not to say that anybody should be discriminated against that's not the point we're going from but i think she's made good points they don't that's fine we can agree to disagree on that they've learned from me and i've learned from them and that's okay and i was all right i am in a position where because i'm the head of the group obviously i can decide who stays in and who goes out you're like the guardian angel you can swoop in which Come to think of it, that actually, that is sort of an answer to my, one of my things is that the group isn't, it isn't actually free. It's not a platform for just free speech. It's governed by you. It, it Well, yeah, I have to, someone has to moderate. Someone does have to moderate, but I won't, I, they know, everyone in that group knows there are people who I vehemently disagree with. I yeah. still bring them out. I will still keep them in unless they do something which is, really personal really rude so what do you have to do to get booted off of the post-fact support group well normally actually uh, there's one guy i did take out actually because (laughs) frankly i have never had so many messages about one person it was like daily complaints i was like okay this is now getting out of hand and frankly you know i have a job i have a toddler i can't 
be moderating this guy every five minutes. And he clearly, he just triggered people a lot. There were, And that was people across the spectrum. I had the right-wingers complaining. I had the left-wingers complaining. It was just out of hand. So with him, I, I didn't put him out. I said, let's take a break and then let's reassess after a bit. But most people who've left have actually left out of their own choice. They just said, I can't. Even my own husband, he took a break <laughs> for a bit. He was like, <laughs> because he was ending up having arguments. He was getting too sensitive about it. And I have realized different personality types can't, can't deal with it. Like my husband finds it a lot harder because he is just a bit more sensitive than I am. Whereas I have a little bit more of rhinoceros skin. I just, I can just, it can go over my head and I can be like, ah, whatever. But I know that that is because I'm in charge of the group. That does give me a slightly different element because I can throw someone out if I think it's really bad. I mean, part of the success of it as well, I think, is that it's a group that respects informed opinion. So it isn't a group that just uh, thinks uh, across the spectrum, right? So it isn't. So, you know, when a conservative Australian writes or something, he's writing backed up by knowledge and experience and people don't just shout him down. People say, oh, that's OK. I see what you mean or that's interesting. I... So it's a group that like re recognizes different, acknowledges difference. Like you said, like you've said, I disagree with you. Yeah. And <laughs> I see that your your life is valid and your position is valid and your opinion has has a weight to it so that's this kind of strange mix where i think we got this idea on the internet don't we that everybody's opinion is equally valid yeah where it isn't equally valid some people's my opinion on trans rights is worthless because i've done almost no my 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 exposure to trans right language is scrolling through facebook feeds which is not research <laughs> which is why i was super super willing to listen to my friends who'd done a lot more research than i had and take point on board that look they said a lot of the criticisms of this movement they're just things that we haven't said so for example they said we haven't said that there's no difference between sex and gender like no they were like no trans person actually thinks there's no difference between sex and gender i know that we were accused of all the time that we've basically said that sex doesn't exist but it, we, it we, but nobody says uh, that, so. Say that so yeah. that kind of thing i'm like yeah good i'm glad we're having this discussion but it's because it's because you've helped to make a space where people can with good will and intention say i have heard this said uh, what do you think and it's not like it's not that you put it out there and then get shot down it's like you put it out there going I've heard this. Can somebody please talk to me about? It? I mean, I speaking personally as a white guy, I I describe myself on the group as a a well-meaning but dumb white guy, <laughs> and and you know we've got some people in the group who are African American and Black British whose livelihoods is talking about racism and race relations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so I just put it out there, going, I'm a well-meaning but dumb white guy. How can I? What should I be doing? How can I talk? And yeah. people approach me and help me. <laughs> they don't attack me. <laughs> no, they, they won't. They'll be genuinely. There are. It's a great space to learn. Genuinely, is a space to learn. If you want to learn, you can learn. But as I say, you have to know when to bow out when it's just too much. Interesting. You have to take a break. You have to choose. Pick your battles, especially if you're on the fringe of an opinion. It, it can feel like you're getting attacked if you're the only one who thinks something and then everybody else does it. Now, some people's personalities are such that they don't care if they're the only one, but other people really do. So you have to. 
Yeah, I, I do too. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm very sensitive, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to know yourself. And so I've said to my husband before, like, Simon, put the phone down. Like, you're done. Just leave it. Whereas I can have that argument with someone and the next the next two minutes, I've just completely forgotten about it. So really, you've got to know your own personality type, know when to bow out, but also be willing to learn and just go, actually, on this topic, I don't know much about it. So I'm just going to sit back and maybe watch the comments for a while before I say anything. <laughs> Shay, can I ask you, how does, how does uh, you are, I mean... How does a, a black Londoner Christian yeah. have able to have a contact list that includes the most diverse range? Like, what kind of social spheres are you moving in that you know uh, Muslim activists and uh, atheist trans rights uh, people and vineyard worship pastors? Like, how do you know all these different people? <laughs> well, partly <laughs> and conservative political pundits. Of... So I'd say that. My, I come from a household where I have a Nigerian dad and a Ghanaian mum. And okay. African Christians are like a completely separate entity in and of themselves. But they are very socially conservative. So I grew up with a lot of social conservatives. They might be politically left-wing or economically left-wing, but when it comes to the social issues, they're actually conservative. So I grew up with that. And then I'm a Londoner, obviously, which is a very liberal city. And then I went to SOAS University, which is basically like the UN in London. Can't get more diverse than that. So I was at university with people from Guinea to Pakistan to Israel to everywhere. I don't think there's a country that's not represented in SOAS. So a lot of my Muslim friends come from SOAS and they're some of my dearest friends. So I've had lots of conversations with them about stuff. Um, and then obviously I go to church, so I know people from church sectors, but a lot of my friends, I've got a massive mix. A lot of my friends, some of my best friends are atheists. So, um, I have them all as well. And it seems like you deliberately cultivate, you bring these people into conversations on purpose, right? It's not an accident. No, I think it's important for them to hear each other. I have a, I have a couple of vicars in the group, actually. I have two vicars and I have a whole group of atheists as well. And they all get on very well. <laughs> I, exactly. I know. I've become friends, online friends with some people that I, I would never be able to meet. Them. I'm a professional theologian. <laughs> I don't meet a whole lot of uh, atheist musician campaigners, you know. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> Good, but you, and also, it's important to see what different sectors are thinking. Like, part of the reason why I like having right-wingers in there, it, you know, apart from my dad. My dad is quite a liberal right-winger. I like to have a lot of them in there so I can see what they're thinking. What is the argument today? Or what, what hill are they willing to die on today? I'm like, well, let's, let's see. What, or what is crossing the line for them? Where's their limit? When does it get too much for them? I'm very interested to know that. My friend, my co-host on this podcast named Chris Christopher Marchand, who's, who can't join us today. But uh, when we were starting this podcast, he even asked on on air, he said, how do I talk about this with my family? How, uh, you know, a Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, and you get whole groups of people and you get your uncles and your cousins. And how do we talk about all this stuff? So, Shay, <laughs> you've, you've, you've got some war wounds. How do you talk about this stuff? How do you hold these spaces with your family? I'm lucky that I come from a family where, especially with my dad, who I, my mum and I have always been politically pretty much aligned 
exactly. So there's no real debate with her. But with my dad, there has always been a debate because we disagree vehemently on many things. So with my dad, because I feel like a lot of his points are logical, some of them are completely illogical, but most of them <laughs> are logical, we just agree to disagree. But they the conversations can get very heated. They get very shouty, but there's the there's the base knowledge that yeah, my dad still loves me. Nigerians are extremely territorial. Okay, when it comes that when they're like it's it's my kid, nothing can get in the way of the fact that you're their child. They'll scream at you and then be like, okay, but I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like a complete switch in like ten seconds. So the 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 loyalty is there so you know you can shout to a certain degree and yeah in about 10 minutes it'll be gone but my dad it's important to listen to each other like I listen to my dad's points he listens to mine like he's just told me on the phone he was speaking to me just now because I just slammed the conservative party by saying they're gonna let all the theaters go and they're not doing anything where's the money they're just gonna let all the arts go because of the pandemic and he was a bit quiet on that one because he knew it was bad. So today he's called me with glee. See, he's like, can you see? Can you see? They have put money. They have put money. Yes, they have. And they are doing VAT cuts. Do you not know? Have you, have you read the news? <laughs> you're telling me today with such stories that they are targeting the areas. <laughs> he was very happy with Rishi Sunak's, like, announcement so he, he can say that his party are doing something he can score a point against you exactly <laughs> i think i've discovered the secret sauce to our facebook group what is it's it? nigerian conservatism who loves family above disagreement it's true he does. He loves <laughs> that family. is the secret it's your dad he's given that to you that's where My you got it from is like the most practical pragmatic person honestly it would actually be even though i'd be Part of me would be horrified if he was ever in politics because I disagree with a lot of his views. But he is very fair. He's very... He was like the only person in the world who, when Theresa May put forward her Brexit deal, it was literally just my dad that liked it. It was only him. Because he was like, well, it's not good for Remainers. It's not good for Brexiteers. But it's the middle course, and that's the one that we have to do. Who thinks like this? Or like, I want it my way. (laughs) wow (laughs) really fair so you can you can have that conversation with him but conservatives in the uk are very different to conservatives in america there are some on the liberal end so there is more common ground and when you ask him about his younger days in nigeria a lot of the policies that he liked from some of the nigerian leaders of his youth were actually quite socialist policies when you break them down so that's why he's actually on the he's very entrepreneurial he's and he wants the government to sort of leave you alone to run your business he loves that he loves business he loves capitalism so he'll always defend that but in terms of there being a social security net he 100 percent believes in that but he's so he is socially conservative you know christian nigerian very socially conservative no doubt about that he does, he's not a fan of you know things like gay marriage and stuff we've had many heated debates about that um, and you know I'm not sure abortion. He's mm, that's he's never been that campaignery about it. But the marriage stuff, whew. <laughs> so the, you know what buttons he's you you know if you want to have a row, you can press those buttons. Big button. That's a big one. So but <laughs> I don't. I, again, even on that one, I 
he's got his point. I disagree with them, but they're not they're not illogical. There is a logical stream running through them. There's a, a an underlying attitude of goodwill that seems to be that you seem to exude towards others as well. And maybe you got that from him. I'm not sure. <laughs> goodwill even towards enemies, and they are enemies, but still goodwill towards them, right? Which seems like a Christian imagination to me. <laughs> I do have lines. I mean, there's certain lines where, you know, if you cross them, I don't I don't see where we have common ground. But I'll normally give people the benefit of the doubt. If you have a good point, I'm really willing to listen to it. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned arts funding, which reminded me, is that affecting you? You're an artist. How are you doing in this time of lockdown? I have my toe in the education pool. So we've been really lucky that our business has been fine, really, during the pandemic. Because because as soon as uh, the schools stopped, um, a lot of parents obviously wanted tuition for their children, so extra tuition, even more than what we were providing. So we, right, I see. You helped to fill the space of all these parents with too much time on their hands. Yeah, there was homeschooling, and we just had to. Fill but your your own art music was really taking off during lockdown, though. Yeah, right? because I actually had a sort of like mini breakdown at the beginning of lockdown because. I am a massive extrovert and I just didn't know what to do with myself. Every single sort of lifeline or distraction that I normally use, like going out, seeing my friends was just cut off. Um, And so I just kind of thought, oh God, you know, singing, I need to be doing more of it and I can't. And so I just became really down about it. And my husband just said, look, well, we're going to make use of the sitting room. We're going to film the videos. We're just going to do it here. So crack on, get yourself together and let's go. <laughs> wow. Did. And, and you did it. And now it's actually like getting radio play and being featured on things. And I know it's amazing. It's really, really good. But it's kind of like the most consistent I've ever been. I've often with singing kind of dipped in, dipped out. Didn't really feel like I could call myself a singer because I wasn't doing it regularly enough. And since the pandemic I've been more regular than ever like doing something at least every two weeks which is really good so I'm grateful for that at least so we're we're coming in to land now with this interview can you tell us about stronger we're going to play your track stronger can you tell us a bit about stronger before we we move into it and I'm I'm actually going to say goodbye to you we're going to end straight we're going to end with your music it'll be the last wonderful thing that we hear so um tell us about stronger I will thank you now, Shay, for joining us and for sharing with us. Tell us about Stronger and we'll go straight into that. Great. So um, Stronger is a song I wrote a couple of years ago and it was my conversation. It was me imagining my conversation I would have with fear if fear were a person. And I've kind of Hmm. struggled with the concept of fear quite a lot because um, I just, just didn't really know how to handle it. Do you do you just ignore it? Do you, uh, how do you deal with it? And a stronger was my way of saying, well, this is how I'm going to deal with it. I'm starting to learn more and more about what my trigger points are. I'm starting to learn more about how fear works in my life. And stronger is my way of saying that I've kind of figured it out and I'm gonna, this is my way of dealing with it. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. I love this track. We're going to listen to Stronger by Shay Martins-Allen. And if you want to find out more about her, there will be links and all that information you need in the podcast page. Thank you, Shay. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
Ooh. 